action. Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk. And Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Josh and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there are always gaps that need to be filled. So in this episode, I've recommended we watch a movie that neither of us has yet seen. For this episode, I chose Zero Dark Thirty, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Zero Dark Thirty chronicles the decade-long global hunt for Osama bin Laden, the orchestrator of the 9-11 terror attacks in New York. So this film, I felt, was such a large subject. There was so much going on. It was an entire decade condensed down to, you know, two and a half hours. That's quite a long film, but that's quite a long period of time to condense down into two and a half hours I had to watch it twice because I didn't feel like on the first viewing that I took it all in I'd struggle taking it all in yeah it's really ambitious it kind of it just starts with a really horrific phone call from 2011 no sorry 2001 and I'm not sure if that's actually a real phone call or not I don't know if I mean if it I mean everything in that in that film was recreated I didn't feel like apart from a couple of news clips Especially from like London, because we had some guy like, and then there was a, a bomb, like a proper, you know, like, you know, call centre worker. <laughs> but if they had used real 9 11 answer phone messages or um, emergency, I think it was an emergency service message, that's really poor taste. I don't, that's the thing is, I did think, well, have they just recreated one? Have they made up their own one? You know, if it is a real one, then how do I feel about that? And it did, it did make me feel slightly uncomfortable that maybe this was a real life emergency phone call from the, the, the two towers. Maybe that was their, maybe that was their thing. They wanted you to feel uncomfortable from the, from the get go. Oh, they definitely did. Cause there's a, there's a good minute and a half of, it's just a black screen with, with just this, these voices with this woman realizing she's going to die in this attack. And it's yeah. really, really upsetting. Um, Michael Moore had used that trick in, I think it was Fahrenheit 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. And just, what, just kind of a black screen and you have nothing to distract yourself from. Just black screen and the noises, familiar noises mm. that we'd heard from the news and it was clear that it was 9-11. Mm. Yeah. Well, Very effective. Yeah, it is. And that's that's what I think Catherine Bigelow was trying to achieve was she really wanted to try to create this extremely realistic portrayal of a really horrific time in American and world history. Um, and, and she kind of, I guess that's, that was her, the, the opening was her introducing us to this idea that this is stuff that really did happen in mm. inverted commas. I, I don't know how much of it actually is factually accurate. I think some people have said there are pieces that have been dramatized and aren't necessarily true. Um, but, but her ambition definitely seems to be to create a very reali- realistic portrait of this time. Yeah, and it's quite a bizarre thing when you think about that she directed point break yeah like the romance surfing movie yeah and before that we used to watch as kids there was like two films that we used to watch at parties on loop and it was it must have been the it was when Keanu Reeves was like good in the commas he was Bill was he Bill or was he Ted which one was he um he was Ted Theodore Uh so um there was point break which we watched on loop at 
parties and we were far too young to be watching that film and also speed oh yeah okay yeah. so you're a big keanu fans i guess so but i mean those are his only two films that he made before he disappeared for a bit and re-emerged well, as the matrix after dracula i think he was like whoa i better take some time off whoa whoa but yeah but her her style i mean it was almost like watching a completely different director because this is it's almost it's shot in this documentary way and everything is kind of realistic nothing's you know big gung-ho action nothing's like i'm an american america america fuck yeah that kind of shit it's very very by the book very like we have to follow the red tape we have to do this have to do that i'm a suit and i've got rules and regulations to follow it's not a case of i'm gonna go in there and stick it to the boss and he's gonna take away my badge yeah it's kind of like when are you gonna help me with 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 this shit yeah, the bad version of this film is basically Michael Bay's 13 Hours, which is the most ridiculously inflammatory, kind of patriotic, overblown mess you'll ever watch. Is that and about the same thing? It's, it's about, I've forgotten exactly what specifically it's about, but it's definitely about Americans, Americans versus others. Um, and there's, there's, you know, ridiculous shots of the American flag being shot to pieces uh, by machine guns and, you know, absolutely ridiculous. And this film is kind of like, the sensible kind of HBO drama version of a Michael <laughs> Bay film. But it does mean that it, it can feel a bit one note and it struggles with pacing. I think it, because it does show all these bureaucratic meetings in back yeah. rooms of the White House, it does, it's a bit of a, a pace killer. And unless you're kind of like a 9-11 or a CIA nut or, a, you know, someone who wants to know all about this stuff, it I, for me, it, for me, it didn't really work. No, it, it, it was very... Because I've tried to watch it before and I never got past the opening torture scene mm. because I just thought it, it, it felt like I was I was starting a different movie halfway through or there was a, a whole chapter that I wasn't being introduced to because I the the emphasis was on me to know the information as opposed to them to impart it over. And as I was watching it the first time, I was thinking this is really shapeless. I don't really get where is it going to where i understand where it's come from but where is it going to um and it was only on the second viewing that i realized that you have a whole chunk where they are using legally sanctioned torture which is a whole another kettle Kettle of fish fish, um to to extract information the names that they kept banding about unfortunately to my western (laughs) ears were very confusing because they they all kind of sounded the same and they weren't really tying up names with faces for me as an audience member to, to, to fully grasp onto it. Because they had a wall full of faces at one point, but they weren't telling us which names were connected to which piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. Then you had the section where they were honing in on something, but again, they weren't telling us and it was apparently a house. And then from that moment on, it became a bit of a... Um, like a raid on Entebbe, a bit of a, a, a like an army mission. Got to get in the house. Mm-hmm. He's in the house. Osama bin Laden's in the house. In terms of condensing that 10 years down into two and a half hours, as the film progresses on and on, a bit like The Shining, the jumps in time get smaller and smaller to the point yeah. where the last hour is over about three months. Mm-hmm. The last half an hour is in one evening. Yeah, and... I don't know. I think structurally that's the problem. And, and I wonder if part of that is because it was completely rewritten. Sort of, I think it was 
about a year a year or so before they were supposed to shoot they actually this is meant to be a film about uh the american failure to you know to uncover osama bin laden mm-hmm. and then oh shit oh we found him oh, and he's dead so they had to actually rewrite the entire script which mark bowl did it took him five months to completely redo it apparently he did it for free because i guess he thought well i'm not going to put out a movie that's dated yeah um so he rewrote it and i wonder if that's why structurally it's slightly it's just troubling doesn't, yeah it doesn't work a hundred percent yeah yeah because like i was thinking you know osama bin laden was killed in may 2011 Actually, I'm going to use the word murdered. He was murdered in May 2011. And this Mm. film came out December 2012. So that's a really short time to go, let's make a movie about about this. So what I understand, they had all that research. And I guess it was just like a rejig and stick on this ending. Mm -hmm. But it kind of feels that way. Because the longest part of the movie is... The, the, fr- the new stuff yeah, yeah exactly yeah but i just the thing that, that really jarred with me on this is that it's a fictionalization of apparently historically accurate accounts um and events and for me i would i would actually prefer to have watched a documentary about it i didn't i was like well we're so close to that period of history why are we telling this as a, as a fiction you know as a, a faction you know factual fiction why is why are we doing that why are we following these recreations of people who did exist why can't we just see what they did you know what they actually did yeah i mean it, it helps to have a certain level of distance from the event mm. so you can you can be subjective you can have a, a formed opinion about it this just seems to be a it's more more like a, a bullet point timeline in in reality, you know, they go, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, with a slight arc for the character yeah. involved. She doesn't really have, I mean, is it Je- Jessica Chastain plays, mm. Yeah, I can't remember the, I can't remember Maya. the, Maya, yeah. um, you know, she starts off being ever so slightly, well, this is my job, you've recruited me to do this straight out of school, this but, is my job, I don't, yeah. I don't really want to be here you know pakistan's really fucked up and horrified by the torture as well like that's a big not thing. enough to you know walk out the room they're not enough to no. to apologize to the guy pretty much saying it'll be better if you're truthful yeah but i mean that's, that's a few naked. days after like the first time she goes into that room is she you can see that she's visibly shaken by what's happening in that room i didn't get that and i watched it twice <laughs> <laughs> but then as soon as her friend is killed in the car bomb mm-hmm. she's like right it becomes an obsession it's like the 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 switch is is switched. Mm-hmm. She goes from she goes from off to on, mm-hmm. and boom, it becomes not just obsession. on, like super on, super on. Yeah. yeah. Um, side note: when she has her glasses on and her hair down with her sharp features, who does she look like? Who? Sarah Connor. I thought you were going to say me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's if she was wearing a scarf indoors, <laughs> which you are now. Um, she looked like Sarah Connor. I didn't think that at all. No, I could. I didn't see towards that. Towards the end, when Jessica Chastain. Yeah, towards oh. the end, when um, she's with the that that crack group of uh, soldiers with Chris Pratt. Yeah. Who I'll come on to him in a second, but um, she's leaning against. I think she's leaning against a table. Yeah, sun's oh, on her. I know. And she's got hair sort of straight yeah. down, glasses on, and it's those Sunglasses. particular glasses. Yeah. And she's dressed in black. She looks just like Sarah Connor, and I think if you mm. have a. Um, a female protagonist in a, I'm not going to call it, it's not really, it's 
it keeps getting billed as an action film, but it wasn't an action film. If you like a, a very aggressive, um, macho male film, and you are Catherine Bigelow directing it, who was married to James Cameron, yeah, then unfortunately you are gonna. It, it kind of took me out of the movie because I, th- I suddenly thought, "Fuck me, that's Sarah Connor." <laughs> but actually, Catherine, no shit's gonna happen. <laughs> Catherine Bigelow looks a lot like Sarah Connor as well, so there's like a weird yeah. trio thing. Going oh, well, on maybe there. that's why James Cameron no. Well, yeah, because Sarah Connor looked very different in the first film to the second film. She looks like a... In a poodle. She looks like a poodle (laughs) in the first film. And then the second one, she looked like, you know, that warrior woman. So maybe her look was based on Catherine Bigelow. So maybe it's it's totally legitimate for Catherine Bigelow to go, that woman's got to look like me. Yeah. But she played the part very well. I I never felt that... I never felt that her acting style was jarring with with the film. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Chris Pratt does because Chris Pratt can only play Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. So the jokes and the, the kind of surfer mentality that I feel his characters have was kept back. You never fully believe that this guy is one of the best army blokes that they've got yeah. in in America, that he's so amazing that they have to send him out to be part of a team that's going to get their biggest enemy in in 15 years Mm -hmm. that took me out of the movie john barrowman took me out of the movie yeah i know well suddenly the last the last hour or two of the film suddenly all these characters pop up played by very recognizable and yet incongruous actors it just didn't work although mark strong oh he was great why is he not in more yeah with his great wig yeah i did because it took me a couple of minutes to think who is that guy fuck me that's the Kingsman man with hair. <laughs> <laughs> but his American accent was spot on. He the Scottish great. people, I mean, it, it's it's often difficult for Scottish people to do an American accent. You either end up with like this mismatch of of like garbled noise coming out of their mouth like Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. or, hi, I'm an American, but I'm actually Alan Cumming. Yeah, That kind of, mm-hmm. I don't think you know what you mean, sir, kind of thing from Eyes Wide Shut, oh, okay. which is a great movie and I love it but not Alan Cumming. Um, but Mark Strong, brilliant. He should be in more. He was great. And James Gandolfini was great as well. That was James Gandolfini, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, he, he looked was like so a good. bloated mess, but he's just he is so brilliant. He's just yeah. so likable. And the movie needed that kind of moment where, you know, there's a little twinkle between him and Jessica Chastain because yeah. she's like, I'm the motherfucker who found this place. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just great. And you can see that little twinkle of respect between them. That was a very specific model they built. Yeah, it was. But actually, they built that in real life as well. Really? They built a... Oh, I just thought a, maybe we've got this one over here. We've already built it. Yeah. That's... So what the fuck? Coincidence. <laughs> wow. No, they, they built... Sorry, they built an actual life-size replica of that compound for the... Life-size? Yeah, yeah. For oh, the um, for the soldiers to go and, you know, train it before the operation, before the sting. They didn't show us that. They cut that scene out. Yeah. Was that actually shot? I think it was shot and they cut it out because it would just kill the pace even more than the other... Fil- other sh- other scenes that killed the pain. There was something like that in another film that I've watched recently, but I can't remember all the. Oh yeah, uh, Six Sicario. Days. Oh <laughs> no, Six Days. Um, the the film. Oh, it's awful. It's on Netflix. It's with Billy Elliot. What's his name? Oh yeah, Jamie, Jamie Bell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's about the um, Iranian embassy siege in 1981 or two or mm-hmm. something. Um, they they built a version, a life size version of the embassy, um, based on blueprints. Um, that I think actually turned out to be slightly wrong. They were like, well, there's meant to be a door here. I think uh, it's that film. Um, 
I would have liked to have seen that in Zero Dark Thirty because they do just kind of go in and go right, up, 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 yeah, blowing up doors and shit, yeah. With and stealth I, copters, was that real? Stealth copters, I think they are real. And also the way it was shot was, I couldn't tell if the, if if there were you know Catherine Bigelow was trying to make you feel as out of place and desperate and kind of, um, you know, I don't know, just kind of disoriented as as the the soldiers are because so, so much of it was shot almost black completely black it was screen. really murky and you're like you're just waiting for the night vision things to kick in but it was it's like <laughs> when you saw soldiers in in the darkness with their little night vision goggles they're enormous yeah i thought they looked like jowers yeah it did they've got <laughs> these apparently they're real things though those four lenses they're fucking huge yeah but like you're gonna crash into everything <laughs> how do you like look down the barrel of yeah. like the sniper rifle i know but that 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 I I thought was I thought was genuinely really good because that's when the movie could have turned into like drop and roll and big explosions and boom 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 mm. boom in slow motion. But it wasn't. It was just really. It was very. What I imagine it would be to like to to, to be like in those situations. Even the noise that the guns were making weren't like mm. platoon with the big you know like the big fire you know the the, yeah. the sparks coming out the front. It was just very much click click. It wasn't yeah. like bang 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 bang. It was click 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 that that i mm. thought was just it was, it was very uncomfortable to watch and very uncomfortable it was very uncomfortable the the tricks they were doing mm. like they would wait at the bottom of the stairs oh yeah call out someone's name yeah wait for them to come around the corner and then just kill them it they murdered awful. they murdered people and i i don't yeah. i don't get like at the time i didn't get why it was heralded as a success that they went in and murdered someone. It, it didn't matter to me that that person was a murderer hmm. himself. He had orchestrated the deaths of 3,000 plus people. Hmm. I don't think two wrongs make a right. Well, he, should have this... been, he should have been arrested. He could, they could have yeah. arrested him. They could have put him on their space helicopters and flown him out. It's because American military is all about revenge. Yeah. And it always is. It's always about... You did something to something to us. We are we deserve revenge, and that's it's very biblical. Yeah, and and it's yeah, it's an eye for an eye, and it's very, it's kind of boiled down into Jessica Chastain's character, who's like, "You're going to kill him for me," and it's like a very personal thing. You know, yeah. she's not saying you're going to kill him for America. You're going to kill him for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I I both enjoyed the fact that they actually went there with the character, but I also felt very uncomfortable with that that kind of approach as well because. It's it's like you're 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 condoning a murder, but the the film it, itself was quite ambiguous in in what side of the fence it was sitting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it didn't seem to really judge. It it seemed to try to tell events from a, a kind of, you know, a, a bird's eye view and quite neutral. Yeah, exactly. But but then you know it it bled in in, in places obviously because it is America, America versus film. the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they were asking everyone's opinion yeah it was an american version yeah. of an american story yeah made by americans for americans but at least it wasn't american sniper which was which was so far to the right and so did you, did you see it no. so it's, it's about essentially a a very highly trained highly efficient sniper played by bradley cooper mm-hmm. bradley cooper is that mm-hmm. his name bradley cooper and it was directed by um, Mr. America himself, Clint Eastwood. Yes. So it was very right-wing. It was very much, we are Americans. We are 
doing this right. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that the guilt that the real guy was based on the real guy, the guilt that the real guy um, felt and the problems that it manifested in his life after was so brushed over within five minutes. And then the guy was, he was killed. Spoiler, spoiler. It's a real story. Mm-hmm. He was killed in a, in a traffic accident or, or in a road rage thing or shot or something. But he, he died in ways that are totally unconnected to um, his post-traumatic stress disorder or his experiences in the war. Mm. Um, that film was very much, we are America and we are right. This, I felt there was a real ambig- ambiguousness and I did feel that I wanted them to choose a side. Yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of implied that the audience is with, with America. You know, I can't imagine that people in Afghanistan are watching this film and kind of getting really angry about it. Yeah. it won't be on their radar uh, no they probably um, don't know it exists yeah exactly so i think this film is you're right it's made for americans by americans for a you know a western audience um so it, it assumes a certain allegiance i guess to the americans but they i guess they try and do something interesting at the end when she's getting on the plane and he goes like are you maya you're the only name on my list where do you want to go and she just says nothing. She sits there and she just she doesn't like ugly cry, but mm. you could tell she's just completely broken. What did you take away from that? Well, I think that towards the end of the film, you really do. Maybe it's maybe it's a thread throughout. Actually, it's, it is about the price of war. It's about the cost of this vengeance, um, and you know, the world fighting against itself. Um, you know, Chastain doesn't have a life. Mm. Her friends are her colleagues, and they die. Um, she can't go out in public in Pakistan. It's too dangerous. She almost gets blown up in a in a restaurant. She almost gets shot and killed while she's in her car leaving her apartment. Um, the innocents are around. You know the the kids in the compound. They are they are spared as far as anyone can be spared um, in that situation. But they are they're very much present in this horrific, traumatic. You know you get this sense where the soldiers come in, destroy everything, kill this guy um take all the all the files and stuff and leave yeah and you do just think what the fuck do these people do now you yeah. know, are are they innocents in this children will always be the innocents in the situation but then you know the wives we assume their wives their mothers what happens to them like are they then incarcerated are they left to pick up the pieces um so the film does capture this real sense of loss and pain and grief and unnecessary um the unnecessary casualties of war well, yeah exactly yeah. yeah it does capture that quite effectively actually so i did i i commend it for that yeah definitely um but yeah in, in jessica chastain's character when she's she lives for the war without the war she literally hasn't got a job yeah um and when the war you know all that stage of the war is over well, the, her job was the final summer yeah Martin. it's like That's well, what she was brought on for what do you do it's like it's all she's done for 12 years yeah and in, in a very flippant kind of way when you achieve your goals when you've achieved what you want to achieve in life, what do you do? Yeah. Um, and that's what she's left with. And I guess, I don't know what the real character did in real life, but that's, that's a very real um, you know, situation to find yourself in. So that was Zero Dark Thirty, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts and your reviews to at TornStubsPod, even if you're listening to this way after we've released the podcast. And also, suggest films for us to watch. Yeah, and we love a five-star rating, so give us a five-star rating, please. We're off to watch Point Break. 
Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut. <laughs>